Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios on this Monday. This is The Call, 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. I'm Danielle Akuye. Our two experts on today's show here for the full hour are Gaurav Sodhi from Intelligent Investor and Nathan Somersamdaran from Deep Data Analytics. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us in the studio. Afternoon. Afternoon. (laughs) Should be fun. Indeed. So uh, five, try again. First five stocks of the day are objective. Aussie Broadband, Parenti, Data Number 3, and Ordinate. But the stock of the day is NextDC, and NextDC has posted a larger-than-expected loss for full year 23, with the company reporting a full-year loss of 25 spot 6 million. Revenues increased by 25% to a record high, however, with underlying EBIT rising 15%, <coughs> to 193 spot 7 million. Looking ahead, CEO Craig Scroge says full year 24 will be a critical investment year for NextDC. The company has guided for revenues between 400 to 415 million and EBIT between 190 and 200 million, slightly below analyst expectations. So does this company warrant a buy? Well, Gaurav, hmm. really important for a company like NextDC to invest for the future, but it it's not the same period as it was over the, the previous growth of this business, as in the cost of capital has gone up substantially. And this is a company that's always, oper- always operated using a lot of debt. Mm. In the early years of NextDC, they used to develop a data center and then sell the property off and have long-term leases in place. Um, they actually spun that um, the property section off into a, a REIT. Um, and the company then bought that REIT back. And the reason they did that was they said their customers wanted the security of, of asset ownership. And I thought that was remarkable. That was one of the first times I started paying attention to NextDC because it showed that the customers are thinking in decades. And if the customers were thinking in decades, you have um, a business with an opportunity to capture uh, a market for a long time with very low churn rates. And I still think the market does not understand data center assets very well. Um, in Intelligent Investor Funds, we've owned um, NextDC, uh, Macquarie Telecom, now called Macquarie Technology, and also Infratil. These are the three top data center businesses in Australia, and we've owned all of them at various times. No longer own NextDC, which we sold for, I would call, risk management reasons. Mm-hmm. And Daniel, your point um, earlier about debt has a bearing on that. But mm-hmm. why these businesses get, mis- um, I think, uh, misunderstood is because the numbers always look horrible. Yeah. And um, uh, 
I think investors are simply looking at the wrong set of numbers. The bottom line for next DC records a loss, mm. and I think it's completely irrelevant mm. because it has to invest money upfront, yep. hundreds of millions of dollars. It then depreciates that money, um, but it doesn't recognize any of the revenue for years and years and years. So you're recording a cost upfront, and you're not recognizing the uh, revenue at the same time. So the loss is always going to be large. Um, so we don't really focus on that bottom line. Mm -hmm. um, I know a lot of people are hesitant about EBITDA, but for this business, I think it gives a good indication of what the cash flow potential is. Um, the other thing that people get wrong is that these aren't property businesses, they aren't technology <laughs> businesses, these are network businesses. Yeah. And the way they make money is by getting um, a, a bunch of tenants in one place and allowing them to connect to one another and then taking the fees from those network charges. Um, the best businesses in the US get 20% of revenue that way at 80-90% gross margins. Sorry, not like, gross margins, EBITDA margins, 80-90% yeah, yeah. like EBITDA Equinix. margins. Um, Equinix is the one I'm thinking about. Yeah. And um, NextDC is, is following a similar model. This is a very high quality business. Um, we've cooled on it over the last couple of months because I think the risks have increased because this is a very high, highly geared business. And I'm just yeah. worried about how they manage their balance sheet. They have to manage that very carefully. They've also now allocating capital to areas that aren't quite as productive. So we're talking about um, smaller data centers closer to customers and also wholesale data centers, which attract lower margins. Doesn't really change the investment case, but probably just alters the value equation enough for it mm -hmm. to be a hold. It's been a buy for a, for a long time for me, but for mm -hmm. now, because of those risk, risk factors, where the share price is, I'm gonna go a hold. But I will say this is a very high quality business, does not get recognized for its quality, and it ought to be on the radar of most investors. Yeah, I totally agree with Gaurav's points, but also they're increasingly going offshore. And I suppose from you know experience, offshore expansion can either be fabulous or an absolute D for a disaster. How do you see next DC, Nathan? Yeah, I mean, Australian companies do not have a good track record going overseas. Unless you're Lavisa. <laughs> <laughs> Thus far. Uh, well, it depends where you are in the cycle. Um, and it is tough. And even in telco space, um, I mean, if you look back at history of the amount of time Telstra tried to do something outside oh, Australia yeah. and got shot down um, is amazing. So it is tough. <laughs> telco, in, uh, online, um, internet, uh, tech, it is tough. Um, so there are advantages that you have and you enjoy in the Australian market that you don't necessarily get outside. The risk is higher. So yeah, Graf's right. Oh, look, I think it's a great business. I mean, I used to uh, look at this stock as the CEO with the Instagram uh, That's right. <laughs> um, uh, account. Um, it's an acquired taste, um, but the, when the market hates it, I love it. That's the time you want to get into them. Mm. I think the data center thematic is solid. I think it plays out for a long period of time. I mean, look at Telstra. They don't want to sell the infrastructure asset yeah, because they yeah. think the upside is there. So I'm not arguing against that. I think that that thematic holds quite well. Um, are you paying a lot? I mean, I'm not a chartist, but this is the third time we've got around these levels. Mm. And the previous times, interest rates were zero. Yeah. You know, there's a big difference. Mm. Um, so it is a but lot But the build capacity is much larger now than and it was there. That is true. Yeah. They've increased capacity, yeah. costs are higher, yeah. um, and the model is a bit more riskier than what it used to be. Um, so in that context, but did they have to do that? Yes, because everything is. The problem here is right now, there is no real surprise. Everyone knows these mm. good quality mm. businesses and everyone's paying too much for them. Mm. And you can see it, all the defensives in the reporting season got sold down on the result. People are paying too much. So look, I'm with Gaurav. I think the long-term thematic is solid. If you got in cheap, 
called it. That's yeah. fine. This uh, is always you know, accept, accept a pullback. Uh, that's just a uh, matter of cycle. But if I'm putting fresh money, I'm not putting it right now. The yeah. valuation for me for the risk return is not there. Yeah. But look, it's a high quality business. Uh, look, you know, I've said that about a few other ones that gone higher rather than lower. Mm-hmm. So in that context, I would hope at some point this comes back so I get a bite yeah. at it. But yeah, I, I can't manage the risk return at this price. Fair enough. There's always going to be a takeover potential for this yeah. because if you split the pop property out, I think you generate a lot of value, but not necessarily for the customers. I tell you the one thing. The private equity firm that does it is going to make a mint. I tell you one thing. When yeah. you hear that term in the market, yeah. sell the stock. Because when, you when, you, when someone starts to come out and say yeah, yeah. they divest their property asset, yeah, yeah, yeah. that usually means you're struggling for a growth story yeah. Yeah. and they throw it out yeah, there. Yeah, that's a good point. So usually, Ramsey, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, but look, this is a very good thematic and they're very good operators. <clears throat> I actually like what they do. Just the market is paying too much. Yeah, I don't want to pay just, that. Just all. run too hard for, for now. Yeah, exactly. too expensive. Okay, let's get right into it. And our first stock of the day is Objective, ticker code OCL, picked by Scott and Joe. And Scott said, what's the panel's thought on OCL following a full year results? Is its price reflecting an accumulation phase? And Joe said, would be great if you can get the panel's opinion on the long-term story for this company. Gaurav, do you like Objective? The long-term story is a simple one. It's freaking awesome. Mm. This is an awesome business you, on, any, on any measure. And I'm not just talking about the share price. You know, I think it's a mistake to look at the share price and pass judgment on the business. That's we've seen from <laughs> yeah, worst mistake you can make. Yeah. yeah, and we've seen from lots of um, historical examples why that doesn't work. But in this case, any metric you look at, this business has just shot it out of the park. And I think the thing that attracts me most to it is that it, it really adds a lot of value for customers. They have one of the lowest churn rates I have seen for software, and um, maybe the highest gross margin figure I've seen on the ASX for a software business. It's sort of 94% gross margins. It's a reflection of how the customers um, stick and they don't have to acquire many of them. Incredible pricing power and the, um, the way new products are picked up by existing customers. They've got a new product at the moment that called Build, um, which I think is quite exciting. It allows um, construction firms and developers to work on products, documents at the same time creates the same kind of um, security and collaboration that they have with their other other tools, um, other segments. I think it's taken sort of um, 70% market share in, in New Zealand, something huge like that, and it's now rolling out in Australia. That could double the revenue base alone. So there's a lot of potential still mm. to come. I guess the um, there are two things that keep it away from a buy for me at this stage. One is that you've had um, a really good long-term director retire and sell $7 million of shares. Mm. Maybe it's nothing, it probably is nothing, but I've seen enough of those transactions to give me pause and I'll just wait a little bit before I act on this one, especially because, and that's especially the case because the valuation is eye-watering still. It is on something like 50 times earnings and in the past you could kind of forgive that because Mm. They, they, they uh, expense all their R&D and they spend 25% on revenue on R&D. They've now changed accounting policies, which is a big debate, but I'm not, it, I don't think it's that a bunch of a big deal. I don't think it's a, that much of a bad signal. I'm not really concerned about that. But even after that, um, you're still looking at sort of um, late 30 times um, earnings. And I think, I think it's probably fully priced. I don't think it's 
crazy expensive, but neither do I think there's an obvious opportunity here. If I owned this, I'd be really pleased with myself and, and happy to hold it. But I don't think there's an obvious opportunity here. If you, if you really want to own the best businesses and you're happy to pay up, you can nibble at this and you'll probably do just fine over time. But this is not where I go mm. to generate the best return for my dollar at the moment. Yeah. So it's a hold. Fair enough. Nathan. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a weird one because it's been on a downtrend. It's been downgrading. The, the market doesn't are like it. Good. Yeah. Just looking. But yeah. it's 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 a good business model, yeah. and I'm not disagreeing with anything that Gaurav said, which is kind of annoying because I was hoping we'll have a few arguments. <laughs> uh, a number of guys short. who actually looked at these businesses for a very long time yeah. have been huge fans, and the problem is they've been fans, and the share price just keeps going down. The market yeah. expectations. So it's one of those ones. I think it is actually. This is one of the few stocks that is actually reacting to. The relative valuation with what's happening in the yeah, macro, yeah. which a lot of techs don't, well, when they get a reality get up check. to twenty dollars or something. Because it's got uh, that's right. some crazy yeah, twenty-two dollars, yeah. twenty-two dollars uh, a couple a, of years ago. That was the peak for yeah. tech, right? Um, mm. The back end of twenty twenty-one. That was the peak for all growth stocks, yep. and this was one of them. Um, so yes, this is actually one of the few stocks that I was reacting to it. Mm. But I, I agree with you. I think in the shorter term, you're probably going to see downside risk. Mm. So that's why I'm not jumping in. But this is definitely one on the shopping list. Um, and I think you just want to wait and see how they're, you know, I guess the numbers are good, but still the valuations are relatively stressed. If, it, if the market has a wobble and people throw it out and then you get a relatively normal valuation, this is, I think, this deserves a premium. Mm. So that's the time to jump in. I think there's an opportunity coming. I would suspect that you're going to get one in the next three to six months. And I'm happy to wait because mm. this is a market that you need to be patient. You mm. need to wait for your risk return. Mm. And this is good. I'm definitely in the shopping list. Um, yeah, so again, another one like RUL, it's bounced and it's like, oh, can you come back, please? Uh, <laughs> and it's a bit like that. This one, I think it's, it's, it's trading as I'm hoping. I uh, just need a bit more to come off and then we'll start entering. So it's on the shopping list, but not right now. Well, it's almost the end of, end of August and we know mm. how September, exactly. October sometimes goes. So maybe hey. maybe the opportunities will be oh, I think there's a way. number of good quality techs in the smaller end mm. have been really beaten up yeah. where the higher end, everyone's crowding in. Yeah. So I'm actually looking at those. Yeah. Well, Energy One got a takeover offer today. Yeah, um, a huge premium. Yeah, but yeah. Mm. you know, you've been there, you've lost more money than you made. So you know, it's it's one of those. Not things. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you get, yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. There's yeah. a lot, number of sectors. If you got in the last three four months, yeah. you've actually done really yeah. well. And I think <clears> some <throat> of these smaller <throat> techs are starting to show us that sign. I think if you get in over the next three months, I think you'll do well. So yeah, I, I'm waiting to see this one play out. So a hold. Yeah, if, if you're there, I'm holding because yeah. I think the upside is there. Uh, but fresh money, I'd probably look, oh, look, I don't mind putting a nibble. I'd say nibble over the next three months because I don't know where the bottom is. Yeah. But I think over the next three months, growth stocks bottom. Yeah. And these underperforming growth stocks will recover. So Indeed. I'm happy to back them. Okay, let's move on to our second stock, which is Aussie Broadband, ticker code ABB, picked by Rob Gorav. This uh, has been a great performer. Yeah, and I'm happy to say that we've owned it since IPO. Um, this came to my attention because a friend of mine um, uh, who works in the industry just said to me that, you know, this little business is, is floating and you should have a look at it. And he never, never says anything to me about, about telcos, as much as I pepper him with questions. And so um, I looked at the IPO documents and I think this for me is the kind of investment that I'm increasingly looking to make because when you go through the numbers here, although they are good, 
there is no obvious hint of, I think, the quality of the company. There is no moat here. This is this is not what um, you know the, the, your moaty Buffett investors would, mm. would want to look for. Anyone can replicate what they've done. Um, it's a fiercely competitive industry. Margins aren't high, and yet they have faced off ninety competitors. They've had zero advantage. They've defeated ninety competitors, smashed them all. Started off in regional Victoria, and grown from there. And these are the kind of businesses I think that you can that an, an investor can still find and, and, and do well from over time because the market's not looking for a company that doesn't screen well, that doesn't have an obvious, there are no network effects here, right? There are no um, obvious advantages. There's a management team that's competent, has a great history, worked together for a long time and does everything better than the competition. It's a cultural moat and I think it's the most powerful moat you can have, um, particularly because it's rarely priced in yeah. and no one can compete with it. Um, so I thought this is a cracking result. The business is now moving away from just reselling broadband into a much broader suite of corporate services, enterprise services, wholesale services. These are much, much higher business, much, much higher margins. Awfully transition, awfully difficult transition to make. Lots of telcos try this transition and most of them fail. That's why this result was particularly crucial. If we had seen a poor set of numbers this time, it would have shown that that transition was failing. What it shows is that transition's going really, really well. So this is still, I think you can still buy this, okay. Danielle. Um, we've, I've, it's officially a hold. Yeah. It is no longer cheap. Um, we were buying it. I was buying it um, when it fell below three dollars, got down to two dollars, which I just thought was um, was crazy. Mm. Um, but I still think for the long term investor, there is still value to be had here, and it's a business I really like. So yes, I'm going to go a a stretched buy. <laughs> a stretched buy. Yes. I like that. A stretched buy. Mason. Uh, you did fall for this one. Yeah, right? I, I think know, I, you know. Uh, yeah, I know you. <laughs> Unfortunately, I know you too well. Um, look, he, he used to he used to love TPG uh, yeah. and David Teo and what they did. And their thing I was, sold at the day David Teo left. Exactly. Yeah, that, uh, that afternoon that's, sold that's all our for, stock. For a person yeah. like you yeah. who looks at the fundamentals of the business. That's actually quite crazy, <laughs> but you do. I yeah. remember you fell in love with David. Um, now, I think the whole idea with what they did was mm. the, what IINET did. The customer mm. service is huge. Mm. For me, the guys with the best customer service in an industry where there isn't too much mode is a huge advantage. So if you look at platform techs like Hub, New NetWealth and so forth, Hub has the best customer, customer service. service yeah. Everyone loves it, mm. right? So it's outperforming. Mm. Shock. Mm. Same thing. We had IINet, which was the best product. Everyone loved it. Now, Aussie Broadband is the leader in customer service. Mm. And I'm not shocked that they're doing well. Um, valuation is not cheap. But I have to admit, the sector is quite interesting now. So we've been in Telstra, and we've had a, quite a good run. And then everyone got excited. Everyone's going for mm. $55. It's like, uh, what the? Um, so now it's come off. Uh, I think Telstra is OK. It's quite solid there. Um, but. We're beginning to see the dynamics improving for all the players. Mm. You know, you've seen really good results. Uh, even TPG had a pretty decent result. And there is a fair bit playing out on what's going to happen with Vocus. Mm. If that plays out, and we need to wait and see, I think it's early September we find out, that'll be a massive re-rater for that stock. TPG's in trouble. It no, could they're, be. They're and in that's, trouble. Yeah, yeah, so that's why I'm waiting to see how that yeah. plays out. Because what happens in that will change the dynamics of the industry again. They, so, that, that corporate fiber business they want to sell to Vocus, that earns 60% um, EBITDA margins, can scale to 80%. It's the single best asset in that whole business. 
and they're selling it because they can't pay off their debt. Yeah. And that That's network, tragic, the jewel going. The jewel going. Yeah. And that network is, is underutilized, subscale. I, I struggle to see a future for that business. I really do. I think they're in a, in a world of trouble. Mm. Yeah, so th- this is what yeah. I think there's, there is a lot of things happening in that sector. Yeah. And Aussie Broadband could be the beneficiary. Yeah. And that, that could key the key. And do you see Optus results? I, I think I may have, I only took a quick look, but Optus makes less than $100 million in this country when Telstra makes I don't how know. many billions I don't know. and I don't know. Aussie Broadband out makes more profit than, than Optus does. That just yeah, that I, I says think, a lot. I think the dynamics, and it's interesting what I was talking to someone I knew, they were saying, yeah, my kids would give up food before giving up their phone. Mm. They want to be connected. The data centers, yeah. the, um, the I guess the online lifestyle is massive. So I think the telcos, it's interesting that Telstra pulled back offloading the infrastructure because yeah. they can see the upside. Yeah. They can see it, And yeah. I think that plays into well, the that's what Aussie's doing. Aussie's building out their fiber infrastructure. Yeah. They're so building more of it. I think it, it does have upside. Mm. I don't want to pay up because right now everyone's seeing the result and everyone's buying into it. I think it comes back and then I'll buy into it. But if you're there, you hold it. Uh, I think this sector has started improving about six to 12 months ago. And I think there's more winners coming out of that sector. So Aussie Broadband is there. I'm actually happy to back it. Um, He's got a stretch buy. I'll, I'll, I'll go with the stretch buy. Yeah. I think stretched that's probably, buy. Yeah, I think that's probably. Get it into the, in the shorter term. Order. I think it comes back. So mm, you're probably possibly. if you tie, if you spread your buying over the next three yeah. months, I think you do well. I think this is a turnaround story. Um, I think this is when you want you want to be in the guy with has the best customer service, yep, yep. and that's Aussie Agree. Broadband. Totally, totally. Okay, um, our next stock is mm. Parenti, ticker code PRN, picked by Maria. And Maria said, wanted to have an opinion on PRN, have been a long-time buyer of it, and don't understand it, why it got so badly personalised on the back of what I thought were not bad results. I'm not sure what personalised. Penalised, I think. Oh, sorry, penalised. Yeah. Oh, dear. My. <laughs> it's, it's one of those Mondays. Anyway, <laughs> let's go on with Parenti, Gaurav. Yeah, so you look, go through the result of Parenti. We should explain Parenti is a mining services business, yeah. mostly drilling. They have a history of big acquisitions. It's really, it's almost a conglomerate of lots of different various mining services businesses just um, chopped together into, into, this, into this one. Um, the result was sensational. Uh, I think it was $200 million of reported free cash flow on a $700 million market cap, over $100 million in NPAT. So if you look at the numbers, this looks sensationally cheap, and yet it's a raging sell for me. Mm. And that's because these these businesses, mm. there is nothing more frustrating than buying a mining services businesses. Because mm. in the good times, um, I mean, here we are, business making $200 million of, of uh, free cash flow. And what are they doing? They're buying another business. BDH. You know, you never see the returns from these companies. Mm. I own um, and have owned coal and iron ore and gold miners. Whenever times are good, these companies flood your wallet with cash. Mm. They return cash when times are good, and that's what you want. Well, that's want. what you need for the risk when you hold those Absolutely. types of stocks. And yeah. what do these guys do? They, <laughs> they stuff up the balance sheets. <laughs> they go purchase something at the top of the cycle. And when times are bad, then they, they, they tap you on the shoulder and ask you for, for more money. These are the worst companies on the ASX, bar none. They were operating the worst um, sector. They often have the worst management teams. I would run and run fast from this one. Um, ignore the reported numbers. Um, no, they, the one they actually bought, DDH, that was an exception. That was actually a well-managed, yeah. decent business. And I think 
you follow the um, what what the good managers are doing is selling out, <laughs> mm. and and you don't want to be following these guys. So mm. I'd be exiting this and selling, despite the cheap looking multiples. Fair enough, Nathan. I, I love Guram when he gets really worked up. Personal. <laughs> it's like someone stole his ice cream. It's yeah. like, it's just not happening. It's just so obviously. But I some know, businesses, some yeah. sectors, you just don't necessarily want to be in there. I it's, was in RCR. It, it, it is. It's not a pretty business uh, yeah. sector, right? It's a, it's an ugly sector. I love it. At this point in the cycle, no, there are there oh. are specific ones, not this specific one, but I think the sector overall is offering interesting plays that are quite unique. So you've got to be very selective. I mean, this is not high quality businesses. So you have to be really selective and you have to understand that you're taking a much higher risk in this sector than most other sectors. So you've got to understand your risk return. So work around that. Um, yeah. Do I want to buy someone who is um, growing by acquisition when interest rates are at decade high? Maybe not. Um, it's it's not just that, mate. Like think of, we're at the oh, top yeah. of the cycle. They're making maximum earnings, yeah. and their and their their balance sheet is and their track record five hundred million dollars of, of net debt. Like it's crazy. Yeah, they should be debt record, free at this point. Yeah, of the their cycle. track record yeah. isn't great to start with. So, so we have been very. I mean, we have played. We are been into in the last six months. We've um, had yeah. Codan. We've gone into service stream. Yep. Uh, we've okay. even picked Downer, which is ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I know. Okay. Uh, yeah. And um, and Aust- even Austel. Uh, I think yeah. even Austel looks pretty good. It's come back and it still looks good. So we are picking selective players. Um, but yeah, Parentes, yee. Track record, very bad. Dead high. Acquisition, yeah. I, I just think you have to be in the right place. And look, if, if you're going simply yeah. by the brokers, they actually downgraded after the result. Yeah. Mm. So that tells you where things are. And okay. they're making acquisitions. Brokers are, need to be positive because they're raising money. <laughs> so they're negative. So that tells you. So yeah, sell? not a place. Yeah, sell okay. here. Fair enough. Okay, so a couple of sells on Parenti. But the fourth stock is a Data 3, ticker code DTL, picked by Alan. I think from memory, the results weren't too bad, but the share price went south. I'm not across the stock. Mm. Gaurav, do you like this one? I haven't looked at this one for years, mm. but um, it's it used to be... What I really like about this business is that um, it displays a degree of flexibility and adaptability that is rare on the ASX. This used to be a distributor of hardware and as the world changed and it became more software dependent, Mm. it moved with the industry and it is now a large distributor of not only software but it does managed services, cloud services, um, all the other cloud and software things Mm -hmm. that you'd expect a business um, to do. And it does it well. Um, This is a low margin business. We're talking gross margins of less than 10% in -hmm. most years. Um, and EBITDA margins of a couple of percent. Um, this is a low margin business, and yet the record of, of profitability and growth is fantastic. I, I can't pretend I have an explanation for that, except that it, it might be just one of those cultural edges. You know, this, this business has hustled. They've managed to, to change with the industry, go where the demand is, and they do things better than their competitors. This is a really good sign. Um, the reason, oh, the, the cash flow, by the way, is fantastic. Very unusual for a business like this. Usually, these kind of distributor businesses are third-party inventory management, working capital management, and so they they have a lot of debt, really high inventory levels, and really fast turnover of stock. You don't see that in this one. That there's no debt. Inventory is really low. Um, so that's puzzling. I, that probably tells me I don't understand this company well mm. enough. Um, but that's a really interesting differentiation from its competitors mm. like Dicker Data, which does have all those very high inventories, very high levels of debt. 
Um, so that's interesting. I think that's worth digging into a little bit. This is on 30 times earnings, it's which not again, cheap. not cheap. Digger Data is something on, on half mm. that multiple and an outstanding business. We own mm. Digger Data, mm. um, I, I might add. But this is a hold for me. I think this okay. is interesting. It, I don't understand why it got sold off. To me, the results looked perfectly fine. The problem really is with the valuation. It looks a little, little dear to me, but a high quality business and I'd be happy to pop it on the watch list. Okay, Nathan. Yeah, look, it's, it's a good quality business. Um, I don't think it's anything exciting. I think it's, but they do it well. It's, it's one of those ones like Kodan for years. I could never work it out. Yeah, you're it's right. A, it's an ugly industry, but <laughs> Kodan is funny, they go up yeah. and then the management just delivers and, mm. and you go, yeah. So you, you want to back the management. Uh, yeah, the multiple is not um, easy. Uh, it's hard to swallow. Um, and the result, look, the brokers downgraded and they probably spooked a few people because mm. the multiple was high. And then you've got a bashing and then it's bounced back. I think it looks okay. I think it holds up. Mm. But I think the upside is limited in this macro environment because you think about where the multiple is, where the interest rates are, where the bond yields are, um, it's gonna struggle in the short term. So if you're there um, and if you had a good run, yeah, happy to hold it, you back management. So it's a hold. Um, Would I put fresh money? No. Um, I'm I'm looking for turnaround stories. I'm looking for thematics that are improving. Mm. I am not going into crowded trades where it's had a good run and everyone's in it. Uh, because the only way is out so yeah this is it's good just that i wasn't in it and i'm not planning to get in now fair enough well next let's move on to the fifth stock which is ordinate ticker code ad8 ah. picked by david <laughs> well this is the Nathan's one for groaning. me that got away but anyway yeah. uh, david said oh. just wanted to get the views of the panel on yeah. ordinate given it's uh ann it's milestone profit and record revenue growth uh is this stock still a long-term hold and should investors be getting in now or has it run too hard and wait for a pullback well, well, we certainly had our opportunities, didn't we, Gaurav, with Ordinate? Yes, and didn't we, Nathan? Yeah. <laughs> Is it a case of we all three missed this one? Um, well, we didn't. <laughs> We've been we involved did. with this since about 270. Um, I, I've owned it since then. The Intelligent right. Investor has owned it since then. We had a buy on it for, for years, actually. And for years, I've been trying to convince Nathan of its merits. And, he, and, and Nathan, you've come around. Yeah, I mean, no, no, no I don't while, disagree. But yeah. it, did, it did take some time. Um, yeah, look, this is a, um, it looks crazy, doesn't it? I mean, uh, the viewers quoted 1.4. On my numbers, once you adjust for all the um, all the one-offs and, yeah. and, and tax things, um, it's about $400,000 it made. So it's a business making less money than the CEO is getting paid. And it, it's a, what, $800, $900 million market cap, maybe $1 billion mm. by now, actually. Mm. It's a $1 billion. It looks, it looks crazy. But I would argue that the... Um, the profit line is completely meaningless at this point. Mm. We do not need, you shouldn't even look at it. Don't worry about that. Forget about that. As long as they're generating cash flow to fund themselves, at that point, at this point, that's what matters because these guys mm. are building their monopoly out. And the Dante Protocol, as it has done every year yeah. since it was, it's been listed, increased its lead over the competitors mm. yet more. And the, com- the competition at this point is, is not worth thinking about. That's not, where, that's not where the friction is in this company. Yeah. Um, what they need to do now, they've got their, um, their protocol and their chip basically in every AV um, hardware device on the market, every new one coming out anyway. And the opportunity now is then to add a software layer on top of that, and that would allow the users of that, that hardware to manipulate the systems that these guys are putting together. And once they um, sell the software, um, you know, the, the margin profile of the business changes and the capital intensity changes, the growth changes. I think there's a lot 
yet to come from this company. This is only a $1 billion business. And I know if you look at the profit, it looks silly, but this ought to be a multi-billion dollar company over time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, yeah, yeah, we've done some exercises about sensitivity, you know, what it could be. And yeah. you just get crazy share prices, which I won't repeat here because there'll be a stampede of people for the <laughs> stock. But um, I still, I st- this is not crazy. This is not, this certainly won't be selling. This is a hold. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry to do this, but Nathan, I told you so. <laughs> right. Well, there we go. Because you sold Whack. it from the portfolio. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. No, not from the, uh, from ours, yes. Yeah, yeah, sorry, not, not your portfolio, sorry, the uh, the Osby's portfolio. Um, no, I don't think we had it. Uh, oh, you had it. You sold it 10 bucks. I remember telling yeah, you yeah, about I, it. Yeah, we did from yeah. our Okay, models. we're going yeah. to we're gonna have to. Yeah, I know. So like uh, look, we, we got out at around 10 bucks, <laughs> uh, whichever model. Um, Could we got out at 10 bucks. It's just a multiple thing. Uh, look, I, I, I still think the two best tech platform stocks mm-hmm. are Altium and Ordinate. Mm-hmm. I don't have an issue with that. I've said that for years. Yeah. Um, and I, I still think they are good. They've done a hell of a lot better, faster than I thought. Uh, you know, that's that's why one being said, the, our process just doesn't allow it. I, I just can't get myself to pay for this kind of growth into the Fair future. Enough. It just doesn't work for me. I just Because there's always macro involved. Um, so when you price that in, I think you're fairly priced. If, you're, if you've been there and you've had the run, mm-hmm. just hold on. Okay. You know, you, yeah, you're gonna come down, but it doesn't matter. Right, and you're not going to care what I say anyway. So just hold on, and that's fine. But if you haven't had the run, I can't uh, personally. I can't see the numbers working out in the short term. So I suspect it'll come back. Um, has that happened? And exactly the same thing happened with Altium as well. And Altium, it's literally the price we got out in. We're back there. Yeah. So you know, a lot of these high quality businesses have gone back yeah. to where it was. So um, yeah, I'm I'm not buying them right now. Um, I think there's too much. It's not balanced out, so there will be some kind of a reset. So I'll wait for that. But look, it's a high quality. For me, it's the top two techs okay. in our market. Yeah. And so if you're there, just hold. Fair enough. Cool. Okay. Let's summarize a stock of the day, which was NextDC. And both our experts really like the business, quality business. Gora thinks it's not well understood in terms of the cycle. It does have a lot of debt, which is going to cause some concerns. And they're also expanding offshore as well as into slightly more lower margin data centers, smaller ones by way of example. So two holds on NextDC. Next DC. But let's summarize the first stocks, five stocks of the day picked by you. So Objective Group, we've basically got both experts with a hold on the company. Um, the thing that concerns Gorav the most is that the long-term director has sold down stock, really likes it, but just feel a hold at this stage. And uh, in terms of Mason, it would but would nibble, I suppose, or buy into weakness on this one, but I hold and just feels the valuation is too stretched at this point in time. Aussie Broadband, both of my guests today really like Aussie Broadband, but it is a stretched buy given that the stock has been such a strong performer. Mathan thinking that with industry structuring, it can continue to benefit and also too that it has a quality service offering, which is also going to do very well 
well. Gaurav just makes the point, which is really important, that they have a great culture which uh, supports the company well. Looking at Parenti, well, we have a sell from both our experts here. Uh, a company which really should be paying the cash that's being generated at the top of the cycle back to shareholders rather than further gearing up their balance sheet and making a potentially poorer acquisition. A data three, a hold from both of our guests here today. Uh, good quality business, good cash flows, no debt. Gaurav makes those points. Um, and possibly brokers have been downgrading that one at the moment. Then Ordinate. Well, Gaurav has uh, been holding this one for years and uh, I hope you haven't married the stock, Gaurav, but it sounds like it. <laughs> Nevertheless, um, Nathan would also say that Altium and Ordinate are the two top best uh, platform high quality stocks, but just at the moment it is a bit expensive. Now, the call is tracking our own high conviction fund, which is picked by our investment committee. The latest episode of the committee meeting is live for you to watch at ausbiz.com, so let's check in with the portfolio update. Going into August, index was replaced by AUB and the committee spent on cash. 1% went to each of Seek, Altium and Prometicus. Let's see how the portfolio is performing. So far, our fund is 7 spot, 5-8% on a cumulative return basis since inception on March 1st, 2022. So keep sending in your requests and keep the call switched on to see which stocks our committee will be looking at next. Now let's move on to the next five stocks of the day. And we have uh, Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, Phoenix Resources, Resonance Health, APA and PM Capital Global Opportunities Fund. So really quite different. So our sixth stock is Paradigm Biopharmaceuticals, ticker code PAR, picked by Erin. Let's swap this around. Mathan. Yeah. Oh, look, it's a biotech. Uh, so so you love it, generally. <laughs> you start with a positive view, <laughs> yeah. uh, even for a bear. Um, so in that context, look, I think it's it, it, was, it was in a tough market. Look, it, this is a market where everyone's worried about inflation. So that kind of plays for the mining stocks. So the junior miners are going to be your high-risk play for mm. the punters who want to play that high-risk, high-return. So biotechs don't get a love here. No. So basically, I mean, CSL has come off. I mean, if CSL is coming off, you can kiss everyone else goodbye. And that's happened to the biotech sector. It's been bashed up. Uh, but look, you have to think counter-cyclical. I think it is an interesting one. They've got a lot of money in the balance sheet. Mm. So in that context, they're not in a cap-raising risk. But someone in the last couple of weeks have decided to get out. Yeah. There is a ramp up in turnover and someone is dumping. Hmm. Um, so in that context, you know, do you run out and buy? No, because whoever's dumping um, in these kind of small micro caps, uh, when they want to dump and the market's not there to support it, it can go lower. Exactly. So no need to rush in. You know, my view on biotechs is you have to back management. You've got to back someone with multiple ponies because you balance out your risk return and you want to have a handful of them because you only yeah. need one to take off. Yeah. Um, so that's only for the high risk, uh, high return investors. And this one actually is okay. I think it's okay for that risk return. I think it matches up. They've got a balance sheet, so in the shorter term, they're not gonna dilute you to buggery. Um, so in that context, you can actually ride that risk return cycle. So I actually don't mind it. 
But be aware, someone with a decent chunk of it is getting out and they're not really worried about what damage they leave behind. Mm. So if you want to get in, just wait for the selling pressure to run out. Because at the moment, they're still hitting it hard and Mm. it's been going on for the last couple of weeks. So Mm. I would sit back and see where it settles. And then, you know, if you wanted to take a small bite, I would take a small bite and see how it plays out. Mm. Um, These are high risk. So this is a sector where if you're putting in $10, be aware that you could lose the $10. Yeah, exactly. Right. So that's the risk return you've got to think of. Um, so if you're aware of that risk return, I think this one is okay. It's, they are unloved and when the cycle turns and people start to go for the risk return in biotechs over mining, the biotech sector will do a lot better. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at the okay. moment, I think it's tough in that sector, Yeah. but this one's okay. Okay, Gaurav. I won't add too much more. Mathan knows this area way better than I do. He's got a much better track record than I do. I'm not interested in biotechs. I just don't understand. I understand why they're listed because they need capital to complete a really capital intensive process. But it, it is, it's like mm. you are, I mean, to use a, a bad term, mm. we are curing cancer. <laughs> I mean, it's, mm. it's the blue sky is the blue sky, right? Mm. So there is that. And I, and I love that. And but there's I, got I love to be the risk fact. adjusted. Exactly. You've yeah. got to understand the risk. But I love the fact that in Australia, we do have a decent amount of biotechs going for the big, big mm. thing. I, cool. I don't understand how you go about assessing the risk. Like yeah. they, they, these guys are developing a joint drug, right? They're in trials. It, I don't know. Like, no, it no, might work, does. it might nobody not does. work. Yeah. How do I handicap those odds? What do I pay for it? Yeah. No, I don't think anyone really knows that. So these are as close to lottery tickets as you can get. Yes. Nothing I say is going to add any value or, or give any insight to the odds. Mm-hmm. There's probably two dozen people in the world. <laughs> who can who can understand mm. what this company actually does and how likely it is to complete its task? I just think if you're a retail investor, if you've got savings and you're trying to invest it somewhere, mm. why would I, you go I, there? I don't understand what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is yeah. just this is for the high yeah. risk punters. It's not investment. Yeah. you cannot yeah. you can't mm. go there and say I want long term growth and you want to punt on. Uh, and not a particularly sort of bear market stock at the moment oh, yeah. in a high I mean, risk environment. Yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's right. the wrong side. It's we need to wait for interest rates to yeah. go back to zero. Exactly, exactly. Okay, let's move on to the seventh stock. Uh, it's Phoenix Resources, FEX, ticker code picked by Shane and Brenton. Well, uh, Mason, Phoenix. Yeah, we're in, in a sector where the small miners are not doing great. Yeah. And, and it's tough out there and people are not paying up for things. So, I mean, the China story has played hard for us. Um, so in that context, I think you've got to be really tough um, in here. Uh, and I would be, I'm, I'm not positive on mining sector overall, yeah. right? Yeah. And the, the biggest performing factor at the moment in the US market is size mm. and value. Mm. So when you get into the smaller end of mm. the mining sector, it's mm. high risk. Mm. And the Chinese data, again, on the weekend was weak, and it's gonna play out on global growth. We know global growth is gonna struggle. Yeah. And commodities struggle. And you can see it in Unless the Aussie dollar. Unless the cycle is different. <laughs> I, I, I would hope that it would be, but it's not. And I think it's gonna be tough. And I think the smaller miners, Unless you have a specific view about the commodities yes. and specific management that you want to back, yeah, it's away. tough. For me, uh, we're not in any mining yeah. stocks apart from gold. Yeah, That's the only sector that we're in, mm-hmm. in the mining ca- category. So the rest of the metals, we're just staying out. And you mean you're not in battery tech, Nathan? No, <laughs> we're not in battery tech. Uh, okay. and, and so in mm. that context, I think 
I mean, energy we like. Yeah. There's a number of areas of energy, yeah. but in the metals, I, I think it's it's not the numbers are not there mm -hmm. for right now. So we're not jumping into anything. Okay, so that's an avoid or a sell or. I, I think at, at the moment, if you're there and you have a specific view for that for the management, and you've got a back management in this kind of market, um, then fine to hold. Mm -hmm. But for me, overall, I think yeah. you've got to be careful in this sector. Okay, Gaurav. I am deeply pessimistic on iron ore prices. Yeah. And uh, so we're very cautious on iron ore miners at the moment. Um, just by going through the announcements of the major iron ore producers, you can see that there's about 400 million tonnes over the next eight to 10 years coming on market. Mm. It's the equivalent of another Rio Tinto entering <sighs> the market yeah. at a time where China looks tapped out in terms of, um, of production. Um, maybe some demand will come from somewhere, but it's hard to see why. Mm. There's not many industries that can take that much new capacity and maintain high prices. So, you know what the scary part is? Yeah. It has actually outperformed steel. Mm. Yeah, so the steel right. yeah, ETFs yeah. roll over, mm. Yeah. Mm. but iron ore is just holding. It's bizarre, it? isn't it? It's, it's, it's got to be the, the I think because I look, I'm you know not that my view matters, but I'm I'm with you and I'm mm. looking there, going the the dallying on iron ore futures keep yeah. popping back up again. Yeah, every, so it's got to be the off, traders, the speculators come in and yeah. pump it up, and you go, how the Chinese data is really bad. Yeah. Global data is not there. Yeah. The places and that China is not to necessarily going yeah. to replace the demand. China's, I mean, India is. Um, banning export of food items to keep inflation <laughs> under control. Yeah. So it's yeah. not pretty. Okay. And you go, but I know has hold up. But having yeah. said that, like this is a fantastic, interesting business. Um, I'm really impressed with what I see here. Small. Um, okay. A tiny little producer, one million tonnes mm. of direct shipping oil, but really high grade. So they, they all they have to do is dig it up and, and pop it on the back of a mm. truck. Um, now the industry is littered with the corpses of of trucking operations um, in this area of the Pilbara. So it, it, I was very, the first time I looked at this, I just did not think this was going to work. But what they've done is they've, um, uh, they bought their own uh, trucking fleet. So they now control their own trucking logistics mm. and they generated fantastic cash flow, paid out fantastic dividends, but also saved up enough money to now they've taken over Mount Gibson's Midwest operations, which include a mine which doesn't look that attractive, to be honest, but maybe they can combine it to do something with it. But what they also have is then um, infrastructure at the port. So they should be able to increase their production, store it and ship it. Mm -hmm. And they and what it looks like what they're interested in doing is um, turning into a bit of a reverse minres. Um, so they're going to lease out their infrastructure assets to other parties as well. Super interesting, um, fantastic hustle, uh, great management. I would hold this, um, okay. even though I'm, I'm, I'm bearish. If you're not bearish, this is a buy. If you think iron ore prices will stay anywhere near where they are or or go higher, I don't know why you think that, but if you think that, that then this okay. is a buy. So it's a special yeah. situation. Yeah. Okay, yeah. fair enough. I, I actually, what do you, uh, throw one out there, yeah. champion iron. I haven't looked at it, Math. don't know. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's got, interesting. It is. I think it's yeah. worthwhile. But they're completely different. They're not high quality. They've yeah. got, uh, but it's, you know, it's the logistics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. The fires have played havoc as well. Yeah. So maybe, maybe yeah. you like to be the contrarian. Yeah. Oh, look, I'm not in any of them, but that's <laughs> one I 
historically it's it's, it's just different to the rest so yeah keeping an eye on it fair enough okay our eighth stock is resonance health and that's ticker code rht picked by craig and craig said the healthcare company has a small market cap of 35 million is cash flow positive no debt ai products six million in the bank just won a six million dollar contract wondering what the experts think and apparently mayfin you and andrew page reviewed the stock in january 2022 and Mason looked at the stock favorably. Have things changed? No, look, it's, you know, anything, mm. a medical tech, biotech, you, you got me at the start. Um, and <laughs> I, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously uh, the caveat is it's tiny. Um, it's a it tiny. scary market. The tiny stock struggle. But of course, the good thing is it doesn't have debt. Um, it's playing, I mean, Whenever someone mentions AI, I always go, oh, no, <laughs> don't mention AI. Everyone's people. mentioning AI. I know, yeah. so don't mention AI. Um, but look, I, I think it's okay. Um, but look, this is a market where you've got to be careful and micro cap stocks are going to be high risk. Mm. But I think the, the, the health tech mm. the, and biotech stocks are actually worthwhile looking in this kind of market because the market is not there. It's not at all there. Mm. So uh, you, it's willing to take the risk return, but understand that it is high risk return and in a micro cap, it's even higher risk return. I think it's okay. I think, um, you know, I think the viewers mm. um, looking at it, but in the right way, but just understand that you have to be thinking long-term. Mm. Short-term, it's gonna be volatile. So a hold? Yeah, so for me, I think it's a hold. Um, but look, I, I, I like the sector. I think the upside is worthwhile if you, you know, you've got a back management, that's the big thing. Exactly. Gaurav. One I use with Koshi is NFI, no freaking idea. Um, <laughs> just my previous comments, I, like it's a $35 million business. Oh, yeah, it's I don't understand it technically. It's probably a few people in the world who do. I, yeah, look, I, I, I don't understand if you're investing money and you want a return on your capital, there is just, there's so many easier ways to do it. I mean, mm. this might be successful, yeah. but it's just a gamble. You might it, not, it's, I, I it's, a, it's a tough, the beaten up growth stock <clears throat> micro cap size mm. in a market like where we are, it's a tough play. Mm. You really have to. There's no turnover today. I mean, no. literally, it's it is potentially the lobster pot. Yeah. So yeah. in reality, I mean, even today it was interesting that the market is actually up, but if you mm. look at the micro caps, they're actually down nearly one percent. Mm. So it's the global buying, local mm. selling. Mm. So it is an interesting dynamic because the market is, um, I suppose, in a weird situation. Um, it is tough, but you know I can't. I, I like I like the sectors that everyone else hates. Yeah. And this is the sectors everyone hates. I feel as though this brings out this brings out the worst behavior in every investor. You know, this is the way. The only reason you'd invest in biotech is to get rich quick. Mm. And I think that that instinct oh, is yeah. the most dangerous so instinct. Let, let me let me yeah. clear that. When you're investing mm. in biotech, you can be really lucky if it happens in five years. Mm. Generally, you burn cash for a decade. That's the reality. But yeah. The reason people I mean, I've, buy I've burned cash. I, I helped a lot of other people yeah. get rich. Um, so you burn cash for about a decade to be overnight success. Yeah. Right. And generally, what happens is you get so bored and mm. you lose so much money, you get out just before it goes yeah, boom. Indeed. And so, yeah, yeah. it is tough. 
It, it is, is tough. tough. Okay, so I've got an avoid then for you, Gaurav. Yeah, uh, or NFI. NFI, <laughs> okay, no freaking idea. Fair yeah. enough. Now, a huge change of tact. The ninth stock is APA Group, ticker code APA, picked by Ray. And Ray said, being a utility infrastructure stock, I assume that is most appropriate for income investors. The stock has been in a consistent downtrend last 12 months, falling 22%, during which time, as we all know, the IBA has hiked rates. So I guess Ray is very much asking, is this purely a bond play at this point in time, you know, APA? Yeah, look, I mean, interesting um, that we should talk about uh, infrastructure utilities because I was actually looking at both of those sectors Mm -hmm. over the weekend. And yeah, even the brokers, there's not a lot of upside. Mm -hmm. There's only like, I think out of our infrastructure utilities, it's probably about uh, 10, 10, 12 stocks. Mm -hmm. And I think only three of them had an outperform. And barely those outperforms had 10% return upside mm. in 12 months. So what are you buying? And the reality is most of them don't have a high dividend yield mm. and you don't get franking much with them. Um, and they carry a huge debt. And you've got bond yields giving you four plus percent. Yeah, so it's no bias. It, you here, know, yeah. you've got zero risk, mm. um, 4% plus. Um, do you want to take the massive risk at, at, at getting, you know, some of them are actually giving less than 4%. Yeah. So I think they're a tough sector at the moment. Mm. I think the risk is we're on a reflation cycle and rates go higher, bond mm. yields may go higher. Mm. In that context, these keep sliding. Um, it is one where I think we're getting to that interesting point. I'm actually looking at APA um, and the acquisition actually dilutes them a mm. bit. So that's one thing to keep an eye on. But the interesting part about it is I think we're getting to a point where we are going to go into a reflation cycle because we can see it through energy and food prices. But the central banks may actually come out in the next couple of months and say, we're nearly done. Mm. We can't really do much. Mm -hmm. We're just going to wait for the economy to play Mm. out and it'll slow down over time. Mm. Then the economy is going to death by a thousand cuts. It's the worst case scenario, but I think that's what we're going to do because most of them are under pressure from politics as well as the economy. So if that's the case, these These might actually actually hold up. Mm. Um, So it is one to keep an eye on. Um, If you look at the Aussie uh, 10 year bond yield, it doesn't hold up too much above four percent. Doesn't hold for too long. It rolls yeah. over, and if that happens again, then these will benefit from it. Yeah. Um, but in the shorter term, um, I honestly don't know because the market should have moved already, and it hasn't. Mm-hmm. It's held up way too long. Today's retail sales. I mean, yeah, it's still up. Mm-hmm. I know inflation adjusted is probably low, but it's still up. It shouldn't be. It should be falling through mm-hmm. the floor. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Everything is holding up longer than we expected. So. In that context, if that is going to play out, we may okay. see bond yields going higher, this will go lower. So shorter term, I'll wait and see. But this is an interesting one because this is actually pricing in what's happening in the bond yields, which I like. Mm-hmm. Because then when the cycle turns, you yep. can jump into this one. Yep. So I'm I'm not saying Keep it pre- on your watch. Exactly. List Don't try and judge okay. it. Just wait for it. Yeah. And there'll be a buying opportunity. Fair enough. Gaurav. Uh, yeah, same with me. It's a, it's a right question to ask. Yeah. Um, I, this is exactly the right way to look at it, the way I'd be thinking about it too. You can get a 5% risk-free return or you can get a 6% yield here. To make this investment worth it, you need to see a lot of capital growth. Um, and to, to get a lot of capital growth, these guys have to invest in physical infrastructure, mm. which means probably raising capital or taking on a lot of debt. Um, I'd probably take the risk-free rate. And for me, I mean, this is a very personal question, You know, what, what how much extra yield is worth it for you. For me, this is not worth it, no. Yeah. It needs to get cheaper. Fair enough. Now, mm. the last stock is PM Capital Global Opportunities Fund, 
ticker code PGF, picked by Dion. I had a look at this. It's actually performed quite well, although yeah. I didn't know what stocks they were holding, but I think probably the Magnificent mm. Seven must be in there somewhere. Oh, yeah. I oh, mean, no, no, the no, way no. it's performed. No, no? These, these guys are, are really good investors. They don't do the Magnificent Seven. These guys are... These guys, I, like, I'm a huge fan of Paul Moore. He's the, uh, the PM here. I think he's the founder as well. But these guys... Um, yeah, great bunch of investors, fantastic track record. And what I like is that they don't just um, slide into the most popular things. You know, they don't jump into lithium or AI or the buzzwords of the day. They go out and do real work and they find some interesting opportunities. Mm. I have no problem in um, recommending this to someone to invest in. I think it's a perfectly good so idea. So a buy? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I'll go buy. Yeah, I think, <clears> look, it's <throat> consistent performance. That's what you've got to give them. Uh, I mean, even in market pullbacks, they don't get slaughtered. Um, and you look at it against every other fund manager and you can tell that they've done better. Mm. Um, but I think where we are in the cycle, manage your risk. <clears throat> if you're already there, I would actually take uh, a sum of it, like 20, 30% and buy a bear ETF to protect yourself. Um, it's just a managing risk at the moment. Um, I think it's tough. And I mean, even the good guys have pullbacks. But overall, that way, you can hold 60, 70% of your holding through the cycle. Mm -hmm. And then when if, if there is a pullback, well, then you're protected, then you just sell that and buy back into the fund. So I think where we are in the cycle, I would buy some insurance. But look, you would hold most of it uh, through the cycle because they, they've they actually, what, what I look for is people who can manage risk. And these guys have shown that their volatility is not as much as most other fund managers. So mm. they've done well. Cool. Okay. Let's sum up the uh, second five stocks of the call today. And we have biopharmaceuticals. So, <clears throat> Gaurav, not interested, don't understand, too small. It's like buying a lottery ticket for him, so an avoid. Whereas it's more in Mathan space, so he is okay <laughs> for it. Uh, wait for the selling to subside though, because there is some really a, a big seller out there and it's pretty illiquid, but maybe you could start to take a wee bite of it. Then we look at Phoenix Resources and uh, really small miners, it's tough out there at the moment and looking at this stuff. Really interesting. Two very different views. So a hold in terms of Mathan. Uh, look, Mathan's concerned about the outlook, particularly for China and pressure on not only steel, but iron ore prices, just saying how resilient they've actually been. And interesting that Gaurav just made the point that this is kind of a special situation and they've been able to carve out um, quality production of a small amount of iron ore, but 40, uh, but he he does make the point that 400 million tons of new iron ore is coming onto the market, but this is more a special situation. So a hold possibly, you know, you could put some money into it. A resonance health. So Gaurav, make it really simple. NFI, no idea, wouldn't go there. And uh, which is one that I haven't heard before, but nevertheless. Um, and uh, Mathan, he has, he likes it. He likes the sector. It's a hold, but it is risky. And at the moment, the, the market's not really helping. APA group very much highly correlated to where bond yields are going. And you have to have a macro top-down point of view of where you see it at the moment. Mathan is starting to look at it, watching it potentially, but for Gorath in terms of it's just not providing a sufficient yield with bond yields, the risk-free rate where they are to justify that one. So um, pretty much an avoid from Gorath, but 
for MAFIN a look, put it on your radar. And then in terms of PM Capital Global Opportunities Fund, really great track record, very successful fund manager Paul Moore. And Gaurav has a buy on that one. MAFIN just makes the point that he's cautious about the market outlook going forward. So he'd keep a 60 to 70% shareholder waiting to this, possibly take some profits and put it into a bear fund. Well, that is it for a Monday today. And uh, thank you so much to both you, Matham and Gaurav. What a fun program that was. I hope you've enjoyed it as much as I have. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, go to ausbiz.co forward slash callpix or tweet us at ausbiztv. And uh, that is it for the call today. But don't go away because The Pulse with Andrew Gagan is coming up after the break. Thank you.